0: Hey, guys,
1: Dustin Wynn and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. This is
0: Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned.
1: Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the DC Batman podcast with no limits. Very special evening tonight. We are coming off the heels of an insane week, couple of weeks of crazy guests. If you have not listened to our past couple of interview episodes, go back and check that out. We've got Tim Sale. We've got Libra Mayo. Uh, we've got Kelly Jones, Clay Mann, a couple issues before that. We have Brian Edward Hill, Sean Gordon Murphy, just top tier. DC Comics talent um, that we've been able to pull and bring on the podcast. Tonight, however, is a very special night because we have someone, I would say, that kind of trumps uh, any of those names, no pun intended, uh, to Monsignor Trump in the Orange Office. But uh, let's get around the roundtable so we get into that. So from Canada, we got Robin D. Cross. What's happening? I'm bad Force Tom from sunny Southern California, and please welcome... The return of the Grandpa Batman. Grandpa Batman from Dallas, Texas. Mm. It's
0: good to be back. Hold on, let me get my internet going here. Just one sec,
1: guys. Oh my
0: god.
1: Okay, I think it's going now. Okay, yeah, good. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. fer- I forgot how pleasant that sound was to the ears. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God. So, Grumps, Little what weak. happened, man?
1: Where have you been? Grumps, Well, brother. okay.
0: <clears throat> so, all the listeners out there, take some advice from me. <clears throat> Do not ever let your wife decide to change Internet cable providers during football season.
1: Oh my God!
0: And it and before you make such a decision, make sure you check the weather forecast because for the last eleven days, I had you know nothing. I couldn't get on during the interviews because I had no Wi-Fi here at the house. Uh, couldn't watch two weeks of football, and it's just been it, it's been a nightmare when you're so. It really shows me how dependent we are on, like the internet. I had to go back to like rediscovering how to entertain myself without, you know, social media, TV, internet, things like that. And it it also made me realize why kids are so stupid and talentless these days.
1: <laughs> they don't
0: do shit. All they do is just sit there and play video games and you know, Tinder and all that shit. <laughs> Instead of, you know, I don't know, picking up a guitar and playing playing an instrument or drawing or doing something.
1: Or a shovel or a lawnmower and doing something uh, useful.
0: Yeah, so, you know, that's that's been my life. Uh, it, it really killed me. But I'm glad that um, you guys were able to do some excellent interviews with, with those guests. Um, I, I've actually been catching up and being able to listen to some of them. And, and uh, man... That, that, can you believe we actually had those guys on?
1: It's still, it's still unreal to me. And I love the fact that, you know,
0: they seem to enjoy themselves so that they'll come back on. That's what, that's the whole point is we want to build, you know, a community and socialize with these guys and get to know them and, and be able to talk about, you know, their work and stuff like that. I never imagined in, you know, when we started this, I never imagined that we'd get to talk to,
1: you know, Tim Sale. I never imagined we'd get to talk to Lieber Mayo. Mm. It was crazy. Lieber Maggio, I believe it's pronounced. But um, <laughs> yeah, and, and Lieber Mayho on the heels of the release of the very first DC Black Label book. So that's. Yeah, we
2: got to put that episode out the day the issue came out.
1: Yeah. Clayman, the week that Heroes in Crisis number one drops. Mm. Yeah. Kelly Jones, the week that uh, Kings of Fear issue 2 drops. Uh, Tim Sale and Kelly Jones, both right before Halloween. And so. Tim Sale
2: right after his uh, omnibus came out.
1: Yeah. 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 So it's just, uh, I mean, not only did we get them on, but we got them on in crazy fitting times. And, yeah, like you said, they were, uh, It I, like, again, like, it's just, it's, It's crazy that we get to talk to them, and it's even crazier how cool they are, you know, in real life. We've been lucky that I don't think anyone we've ever gotten has been a dick. Or if they are, they're like... Except us. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If they're a dick, they're just like us. So they're like, you know, (laughs) they're cut from the same cloth. I mean, we're not trying to rub our own rhubarb here. But But you know, that that goddamn Kelly Jones at times, I don't know, but anyways... um, (laughs) No, it, it was it was crazy, man. Like uh, talking to Tim Sale, well, I wasn't on, but the fact that we got Tim Sale, and then like within a week, we're talking to Kelly Jones, and oh hey, we just happened to had Clayman just on in between that two. Now, I mean, but we there won't is rest. one
0: person that we did try to get on, uh, and this man. was like a couple of years ago, and uh, it just it just didn't work out, but. During this week, this past week, we learned of the passing of the great Norm Brayfogle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, anybody that grew up and was reading comics in the mid to late 80s and then in the early 90s knows uh, how much, you know, he was... Uh, part of, you know, the Batman mythos. I mean, he was like their main artist for, like, Detective for a long time. And then moving over to the Shadow of the Bat and the the Batman run, I mean, how, I don't know. For me, as a kid, he drew my Batman because it was just like, you know, I I imagine how it was in the 70s whenever Neil Adams was drawing Batman and stuff like, like that. It's just, I don't know. His Batman was just like, so athletic and it was almost like the pages were moving and uh you know the 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 action and just the iconic batmobile that he created and uh everything that he did i mean i i, I tried to learn how to draw by just looking at his pages and stuff like that so rest in peace norm bray yeah man I got to yeah, meet him uh, six years ago.
1: Oh, yeah? Yeah, I saw that post that you made. That was a sick print you got, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was... um He was one of the artists at, like, the Dallas Comic-Con, and uh, I was shocked that he was even making an appearance because, you know, it it seemed like... And for reasons unknown, he just kind of fell off or out of favor with DC publishers and stuff like that. And... um you know, wasn't one of their main artists in their rotation. Um, but he was at this Dallas Comic-Con, and he was really the only reason why I wanted to go. And um, he was standing at his little booth, you know, pretty much by himself. I, I imagine he would be, like, surrounded by people and stuff like that. But, I mean, he was just kind of there by himself, and he had portfolio books of, like, original art. And I, me- I remember flipping through them, I was like, I own this comic, I own this book, I own this book. I was looking at the original work that I grew up, you know, idolizing, and I had taken uh, a couple of the, the pages that I had drawn as a 13-year-old. Some of them were really, you know, directly based on his work, especially like, Um, That image where it's got Batman standing on the rooftop and that long cape extending and then Etrigan is below him. Mm. I remember drawing that one and I even like colored it and all this stuff. And uh, I just wanted to show him, I was like, you know, hey, I just wanted to show you that you inspired me to kind of pursue art for a little while. And, you know, you really drew me into, you know, Being a fan of this character and stuff like that and then later on I discovered Frank Miller and all that stuff but you know his his work is what I first gravitated towards when I I thought now this is Batman you know he wasn't the campy Adam West even though I liked Adam West he wasn't the super friends and things like that when I thought of Batman I was like wow this is this is who I envision or how I envision this character. So it was kind of cool to get to talk to him, and yeah, I got that print. Um,
2: uh, did you pick up his uh, black and white statue?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you too. I think I, I read some interview where, in this interview, uh, it was probably from about 10 years ago, I don't know, There's, there seemed to be like some animosity between him and DC because they didn't, he even said in the article, he's like, you know, they haven't put out a black and white statue of mine and there are no trade paperbacks of any of my collected work. So I don't know, I mean, who knows. But here recently, in, within the last you know, two years or so, they've finally started putting out his work. You know, there's that Legends of the Dark Knight, Norm Breyfogle, Volume 1, and then the statue. And then they started putting out the Shadow of the Bat trades, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame, man. It's a shame that uh, he was Hopefully wasn't... he got some of that money from that. Hopefully. I know that he, he had a well, stroke a couple of years ago, and there was that campaign yeah. that went out.
2: And uh, I remember, if I remember right, Uh, I think after the stroke, uh, I think they pushed forward the release of that hardcover.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh,
2: so I assumed that that was to aid things, you Mm -hmm. know, get, get the money rolling in to to get him whatever he was getting out of it.
0: And I remember, you know, as part of the, I think it was a GoFundMe fundraiser or something like that. Um, you know, they had a goal for his hospital bills and we, we helped raise, uh, you know, awareness and some money for that. So if any of you guys, uh, listening contributed to that, I know that, you know, he and his family certainly appreciate that because, um, I talked, I think to his sister a little bit when I was trying to set up the, the interview a couple of years ago. And, um, You know, that because he, you know, a lot of these artists, they don't have health insurance. You know, they're self-employed contractors. Yeah. And um, so a lot of times, you know, as they grow older, it's unfortunate, but as they grow older and if they don't have health insurance, it's, it's really difficult for, you know, a lot of their medical bills. So he got, you know, when he had that stroke... It, would, it literally like paralyzed the left side of his body and he was left-handed so
1: he yeah. could no longer work you know it's crazy yeah and it's um i'm glad that i'm glad that dc actually stepped in to kind of get his name out there at least a little bit to uh help him in that sense but it's just rough it's rough when someone who contributes so much to so many and for a character that everyone loves you know it's like it's reality like we're all we're human so at some point you know it, it's it's sad to see like heroes kind of falling you know at at uh, during current times
0: and he was pretty young he was only like 58 right
1: something like that yeah. yeah yeah on on a bright note
2: about it though silver lining at least before he went you know he he got plenty of recognition you know he he was well aware of how much his work meant to people he got appreciation and you know but
0: oh yeah um, how many people
2: the, did you always see saying that you know he was he he drew their
1: batman yeah
0: oh yeah and i think he was like you know one of the most underappreciated but still like an artist artist i mean i i know that um bat force times said that you know to like i think tim sell and stuff and that's true you know and i think you know whenever i saw the reaction on twitter i saw you know so many comic artists you know and comic writers going oh wow you know wow you know it, it, was, it was a big blow in the in the comic family you know so
1: um you know he he had a lot of respect in the industry definitely and, you know, it's he leaves behind a legacy that you can see and appreciate and flip through, you know. You got that, like you said, Legends of the Dark Knight collected, I think, edition of his. Um, you got the black and white statue, comics, you know, dozens of iconic covers. That Joker, some of the Joker covers he did were like some of my favorite. But, yeah, pour one out for the big homie, Norm Brayfogle. He will be honored uh, down the halls of uh, the Bat Force for years to come. But, True that. Yeah. Um, moving on, just like we said, we had all this stuff coming up, all these interviews coming up with uh, a lot of great writers and uh, artists um, that we haven't gotten a chance to sit down and kind of talk about some of the stuff that's been coming out. But one thing that we posted that just blew up into the stratosphere was some footage of Joaquin Phoenix uh, as the new Joker. And a couple of things we were talking about Before we hopped on that we try to not talk about too much so we could just put it on here was um, number one like I was surprised I I thought that this Joker origin story was going to be like him like his life leading up to before he even like puts on any of the suit or whatever makeup or whatever or falls in the vat of acid or whatever I thought it was just going to be like 90% everything he does before the Joker and then the movie ends as he, like, becomes a Joker. But this shit is literally, like... It's showing you before, middle, and after, it sounds like. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> everyone has seen, for the most part, like, the look, his uh, suit, the colors, the fact that he's got makeup. He's got kind of, like, long green hair. And a um, couple of things being said about the um, footage. Number one being that I, I've seen some complaints that it's makeup and it's not bleached skin. Uh, but then again, that also says... says people are saying that um he's wearing makeup because he's a clown or he's in disguise and he's not really the joker yet in that sense um i've seen people say that you know maybe he'll eventually meet up with batman who knows in this movie or what but uh something that we saw i think today or the day before was footage uh, of him as a full-blown clown in a uh, photo booth or a phone booth and it looks like he's receiving, like, bad news on a phone call. And he just, like, drops the phone and just, like, head, like, fa- face into the phone booth and just kind of, like, slumps down. Right, Robin?
2: Yeah, and uh, and just stays there. So, yeah, he definitely got some some news that is reminiscent of a particular origin story that we've seen.
1: Yeah, very popular and famous uh, story. Um I guess there's uh, the girl from um, Deadpool 2, uh, Zazie Beats, I don't know if I'm saying it the right way, but yeah. she's apparently in the movie as well. They're saying that she's possibly his love interest in the movie. Um, so there's that. Robert De Niro yeah, is in Yeah,
2: I saw some quotes from her about uh, it being a dream to have worked with, uh, about it being a dream to work with him, with Joaquin. Mm. And uh, I watch a podcast with uh, Brian Kalin uh Fighter in the Kid podcast that he does with Brendan Schaub. And yeah. uh Brian Kalin has some role in the movie as well. Oh, right. And uh yeah, he's obviously not allowed to say much NDAs and everything. But uh, he was talking about you know, he's been in a lot of stuff. You know he's worked with a lot of people. Uh if uh, if you know who Brian Kalin is,
1: Mad you know TV, baby. he's
2: been in. Yeah, if, if you don't know who he is, you know, look him up. Uh, he's been in tons of stuff. He's in Goldberg's. He's the gym teacher. He was in the Hangover movies, you know,
1: always has a different character. You are taking pie and coffee with a living <laughs> legend. He in <laughs> yeah, old go. school. So uh, he
2: was talking about, uh, you know, what little he could say about it. And he just said that he's never worked with anyone that works like Joaquin does. Wow.
1: You know, I just realized I made the connection as to why he's in um, old school, why he's in the hang- Hangover trilogy, why he's been in some of those movies. Those are all di- directed by Todd Phillips. Ah. So he's he's probably buddies with Todd Phillips and he just sticks them in his movies.
2: Yeah, a lot of people uh, a lot of a lot of people are like that that they have people that they, you know, work with on everything. mm
1: mm-hmm. Mhm. And sometimes uh, their buddies are sex offenders and they put them in the Predator movie. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it. (laughs) Oh, my God. (sighs) But, um, you know, if people don't know who Todd Phillips is, if you're having a hard time recollecting, uh, just go back and watch watch Old School and the scene where um, what's-his-name comes home early from a flight. And he sees his wife uh, in bed naked with two other people. (laughs) And he's in an argument with her. And they're downstairs and they get a knock at the door. So he opens the door and there's a dude with like a porn stash and a fro. And the guy's like, yeah. And he goes, "Uh, oh, I'm here for the gangbang. Uh, That's Todd Phillips. He he cameoed in his own film. And so that's him. But uh, I can't say I've ever watched a movie that I didn't like of his. Usually, and they've all been comedies. But um, the tone that he released, the the little teaser that we got of Joaquin's uh, uh, camera test and makeup, that is awesome, and it has a very very Scorsese feel to it, because I know Scorsese is producing, but um, I, I just got a I just got like a '80s mobster vibe off of that clip, and uh, yeah, that's it's got some Scorsese fingerprints on it. That's what is just blowing me away. Like Robert De Niro is gonna be in this movie. Scorsese's producing. Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker. Um, Who else is connected to this? The dude that they cast as uh, Thomas Wayne was actually uh, like one of the police captains from Dark Knight Rises. The dude that Selena Kyle kidnaps and brings to the exchange. That's that's playing Thomas Wayne. Um, It's it's like... I mean, if this movie wasn't a Joker movie, I would be like, oh, this movie looks fucking badass. Like, I can't wait to see it.
2: Yeah, and... This is something we were talking about before, uh, before we went on the air. That there's the question of why? Why does why is this yeah. movie happening? You know, why why is there a movie happening that's outside of the universe? And I think though all those names that you just talked about is exactly why. Like, I I think even the Marvel universe could uh, could have some of this because when you have your movie universe is going to be tied up with you know a a continuity. For the foreseeable future, like at this point, Marvel's already, what, nearly 15 years they're going to be going on of one solid continuity. Uh, Something like this gives you a break from that continuity and gives you the opportunity to watch an artist-driven story. Like that's what the Chris Nolan movies were. You know, that was an artist just telling the story he wanted to tell. And it, it didn't have to do any world building or linking to other things, introducing other characters f- for future films. It was just an artist telling a story he wanted to tell. And that's exactly what this is going to give us. You know, for people who don't enjoy the current universe, <coughs> Gramps?
0: <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> it's I was... I was I mean, Joker, but, uh, it's, oh, well, it's not the... A good break it's just, I don't... The way I see it is i I don't like what the studio has done to the universe like I yeah. and and hearing you talk that way about like an artist driven film like this you could tell like it's gotten so fucked up that they're letting him do what he wants because they're kind of like what well, how fucking much worse can he get? So just <laughs> do the movie that you want to do if it fails, that's par for the course. If it blows the fuck up, that's amazing for us, right? And that's yeah. kind of like where Nolan was with Begins, is that you know the last Batman movie they made was a piece of shit in the eyes of pretty much everybody. So they gave him the reins, and they're like, you know, I'm, you, you're bound to do something better. So just do what you want with it. And it's almost like saddening and almost upsetting that that they gave um, Snyder the green light to do his thing in a in an in an inv- in an environment. They had the Marvel universe that was going on and the studio was so um, eager to try to get to that level Mm -hmm. that they didn't let Snyder do what he wanted to do. They, they, They took what he was making and they poked it and prodded it and cut it up and bastardized it. And it almost makes me feel like, fuck, I wish there would have been somebody else first that would have fucked up or come along first. And then Snyder would have come along and they would have left him alone. Because we would have gotten the Justice League film that we had wanted. We would have gotten... Probably, like, Suicide Squad wouldn't have happened the way it did because they would have just let David Ayer do what he wanted instead of chopping the fuck up out of that one, making it whatever. Yeah. And it's, like, sad. It's, like, god damn. It's, like, I'm happy that we're getting this stuff now. I'm happy that, you know... And, again, like, with the Joker movie, I have no question that the, the all the parts are there for a fantastic movie. What's... Scary to me is like the environment in which it's coming out in knowing that Warner Brothers, they're like trigger happy. They'll fucking like cut stuff. They'll get rid of stuff. They'll add stuff. They'll tweak stuff. So I'm hoping like what you're saying, this is maybe like the first class, like the the Fox uh, X-Men movie of first class where like they have a new batch of actors playing the same roles. And then they kind of do their own thing off to the side, and eventually it's so good that they fold it back in to the main stuff because it's that good. And they find a way to, I guess, make it work. And if not, they just let it be their its own thing. Like, I'd be completely okay with this just being a standalone Joker movie. It's a one-shot. Like they say, this, this banner is supposed to be. Joaquin Phoenix does his thing. He fucking nails it. And then he's like, fuck it. I'm all, that's it. I'm not going to do better than that. Might as well not try. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I just... And what's crazy is... Uh, Again, like I think the movie's gonna be good, but what does that do for Jared Leto? I mean, they're saying that they just turned a script in for Joker versus Harley, which only means that it just means they turned a the script in. It doesn't mean that the movie's gonna get made. You know how many scripts get turned into a studio that never go anywhere? Yeah. But there is a track that they can go down that, like they take that script and they turn it into something eventually. So Jared Leto eventually maybe would reprise the role as Joker. Um, which I don't give a shit about. I think he needs another chance at it personally.
0: Well, that was what yeah. I was wondering about. I was like, so you're going to have two Joker movies possibly coming out within a year of each other. What, what was the point of, you know, and Robin, I think you did a good job kind of explaining that, but I was just confused. I was like, what's the fucking point of yeah. this Joaquin Phoenix movie if it's not going to be tied to the to the rest?
1: And I think they'll do something in order to like explain that at some point um, they're just not doing a good job of it right now because it's so early, but what it's, what's <laughs> what we haven't talked about either is like what the fuck do you think if you're Jared Leto right now yeah like, he, uh,
2: un, unless you know unless he already knows from having conversations that like don't worry you know this this is just a separate thing we're still continuing to do things with with yeah. your version if. if if that has in fact
1: happened. Yeah, I mean and I, I remember watching I forgot what it was, but it was an award show and he was on the red carpet for some award show and the uh, like the news had broken like the day before that Joaquin Phoenix had been cast or that Joaquin that Joaquin Phoenix was in talks, but that a Joker Origins had been greenlit. So the next day, there's this award show, and the person on the red right carpet's like, so Jared Leto, you know, something about, like, asking him uh, about the role of Joker. And he's like, oh, you know, I love doing it. I hope to come back and do it again. And she's like, yeah, and we're hearing news that there's going to be an origins tale and possibly Joaquin Phoenix attached to it. And you could tell, like, he doesn't want to say anything that yeah. that is, like, unprofessional. So he goes, yeah, um, I heard that. Yeah, I... I can't comment on it. I don't. I don't know much about it. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And it's like he's probably like, what? the
0: He's probably on his phone to his agent. What the fuck, dude?
1: <coughs> well, I mean, if anything, I don't know, man. It's like he's a, he's a different kind of dude. So who knows if he's reading a lot into it or he doesn't give a shit either yeah. way. But yeah, um, he he, I know that he, he, he was... has a,
2: he has a little rock and roll band that's sort of
1: successful anyway. So you exactly. know, he, 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 yeah. are are they? Well, he he does a lot to to keep his voice nice and warm, and okay. uh, and well, yeah, because he doesn't he doesn't sing that much during the performances, <laughs> right? He keeps his voice nice and uh, nice and what do you call it? Um, but you know, if if I'm him, I'd be like, all right, like you get to do that. Well, fucking give me my give me my movie. Like I want my my shot. I didn't get a shot with Suicide Squad. You signed me on for whatever. Like give me another shot. But uh, so the, the I'm the be way happy I... to.
2: The way I kind of look at having you know that two separate Joker movies could come out within a, a year or so of each other. Sure, these are movies, but it's still the world of comics. And if yeah. you look at the way comics are, we have exactly. right now. There's a bi-weekly comic coming out where Joker is part of uh, uh, Legion of Doom. The Legion of Doom. There's a a bi-weekly Batman series where he's currently locked up in Arkham. There's Batman Damned where he is currently dead. And, you know, uh, there, there all all these non-connected worlds happening in comics all the time.
1: Exactly. You
2: yeah. know, right? in- why, why, why? Th- this is a new idea that movies mm-hmm. have to be connected to each other, you know. This is something that's just started in the past ten years. Before that, it had never happened.
0: Never happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And now it seems to be like I think people have a, people like got used to it being the rule with a comic book movie that, it needs to be part of a greater universe. Yeah, um, and, and people have attached. even taken
2: it farther to question why a TV show isn't linked to the movie universe. Because you know, why they, isn't they, Agents they of She...
1: Why aren't the? Why I thought they were supposed to put Daredevil in there. I thought the, <laughs> the Defenders were supposed to be and. The, blah,
2: blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and even even that connection, where the the shows have connected to the movies, uh, Agents of Shield references events of of the movies, uh, at least season one. yeah, I, I guess a, a few seasons of at least of the Netflix series have referenced the events of the movies as well. But it's been an all one way relationship. You know, none of the movies have been referencing. At any events of the TV shows or the Netflix series?
1: Oh, cheers! Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I mean, it's a, it's a new direction. I hope it uh, it's it might be a cool trend that that way. You know, we'll maybe we'll get some uh, some other one shot tales that are fucking pretty awesome. But um, another thing with uh, that news, alongside with all that information from Joker coming out, uh, Ben Affleck was spotted first last week, I think, or maybe it was uh, the beginning of the week. Uh, Warner Brothers executives Ken Sushihara was at his house with somebody else I forget. So the fucking president of Warner Brothers was visiting Ben Affleck at Ben Affleck's home, mm-hmm. and then later in the week, Ben Affleck was leaving the studio with with what looks like a script folded in his hand. Yeah. And so there's very much uh,
2: this goes right along with it. There was I, I threw this up in one of our chats, but I don't know if everyone saw it or not. Uh, there was. An Instagram post from
1: uh, oh, that's right
2: a rep from you know some, some uh, talent agency I think they are, and uh, it's a photo of this gentleman with Ben Affleck, and uh, he said we had a fun afternoon with Academy Award winner Ben Affleck. Twenty nineteen will be an exciting year, and followed that with the emojis of a film camera, a bat,
1: and an explosion. Ben Hufleck? Ben Hufleck. Damn. You white, you Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, role, role models, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I mean, there's too much happening to it, for it to be a coincidence yeah. that it's somewhat related. I mean, yeah, and, it's and funny because... Yeah, Reeves uh, reportedly turned in his script. That's right. Right a couple of days before, Affleck was seen walking out with yeah. something in his hand. But
2: we did recently also have Jay Oliva... Uh, If everyone knows who Jay is, he's worked on a lot of the DC animated films. Uh, I think he did things like uh, Flashpoint and stuff like that. Uh, He recently said that he had read the Ben Affleck script uh, Mm. for Batman. And uh, his quote was that it's the best Batman script he's ever read.
1: Man... It would be cool if that just got leaked so we can at least read it. Please make that goddamn movie. Yeah. When a guy who's read as many Batman
2: scripts as Jay Oliva probably has is saying it's the best one he's ever read.
1: Come on. And written some. Yeah. Yeah. Man. And I guess I guess Matt Reeves read it and just rolled the sleeves up and asked Warner Brothers to hold his beer. <laughs> Said, Okay, time for me to Sean Murphy this. Maybe that's what he did. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's funny because even in this, like, even after all this, you know, we're seeing Affleck signing Batman stuff. We're seeing Affleck meeting with Warner Brothers execs. Obviously, he still has a good working relationship with them, right? Yeah. Um, It's funny how even in the wake of all this, you look back at all these reports that Affleck was out. They were all still just fucking rumors. Nothing was ever confirmed by Warner Brothers. It was never beyond uh, insider reports, inside source, you know, someone close to. It was never beyond that. There was never a confirmed account from any major publication saying that he was out. And for the record, it might just be like a negotiation tactic, you know, by either his agent himself, the studio, who knows? Because that shit happens all the time. Like That's what I think
2: the whole Henry Cable thing was.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that
2: report came out saying, like, and I I didn't see any source cited for the report. Just this report came out somewhere reputable, but I don't think it claimed any source for it that Henry Cable was no longer Superman. And Mm. the internet went crazy for a few hours. And then Henry's manager put out something. uh, uh, I think that was the one that said, The suit was still in Henry's closet and that we'd hear something from Warner Brothers then Warner Brothers put out a statement that didn't really state anything yeah Uh, and I it feels to me that like the whole thing was an effort from Henry's manager to cause an internet shitstorm that Warner Brothers doesn't want or need because they get enough of those
1: to show, like, hey, bitches, you better throw some money of it Yeah,
2: because Henry has said for a while that he wants his Superman sequel. Mm-hmm. And currently there's there's nothing scheduled. You know, we haven't seen any release dates uh, projected mm-hmm. recently or any uh, talk of any scripts being turned in or anything. Uh, I Since then, I've spoken with someone who isn't involved, but he works in film. And he's saying that he's hearing things like since this uh, event happened that Henry Cable has apparently received a pay raise that he was looking for.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
2: But that's, uh, My- that's a relationship where I think both of them need each other. Uh, Superman is the biggest role Henry Cable has. So he needs that to to continue growing his career, and particularly in a situation where Warner Brothers might possibly lose their Batman, you cannot have your universe lose Batman and Superman at the same time.
1: Yeah, and expect so to I, I think they with, both need each other. Yeah, yeah. it's very pinteresting. My cable guy also told me something similar. <laughs> <laughs> right. Very good, very good. a um, lot, of, lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff happening. What else is going on in the world of the old DC. Warner Brothers? <laughs> I guess, I guess um, the crazy shitstorm of uh, Batman Damned, right? Yeah uh, Oh with the,
0: the crazy uh,
1: scalper prices: yeah. So for those of you guys who uh, may or may not be in the know of current comics, if you've um, been
2: hiding under a cock, I mean a rock.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, Batman Damned, the first uh, book in the DC Black Label Mature line that was uh, initially talked about. Oh man, I want to say, how long ago had they been talking about this? Maybe a year, maybe? Ish? Probably at least a year, yeah. Um, they had mentioned that they were going to come out with a more mature, darker themed. Um, imprint for DC Comics, and they announced different stories that would be coming out. The first one being Batman Damned. And um, about a little bit over a month ago, there was a art-only um, retailer exclusive book that came out with the intention of drawing in people with just the art to kind of be shown off at your local comic shop. Um, Robin got one. If you go to a comic shop that you know pretty much has a relationship with DC, you probably would have seen one there. Um, most I heard was, wow, the art looks amazing. I'm definitely going to pull that book. And I'm sure that's what DC heard back from people. Little did we know, or big did we know, um, that there was a penis in there that was going to stir up a huge controversy. But uh, the book comes out, and within the first, like, even before, I think it was after, like, no, that the day. Re- yeah, I think it was the night before, because Bermejo said that, when, he, when we were talking to him, that was Saturday before it came out. Yeah. He said that Twitter was already talking about it. Mm-hmm. So it was probably the review samples that went out that people started talking about. Um, the Friday before the Wednesday of release, um, he mentioned that, yeah, I've already seen Twitter. My friends told me don't go on Twitter if you don't want to read about this stuff that they're talking about. He mentioned that he hopes people weren't only going to cling on to the fact that there's penis in the book. Um, but that's exactly what fucking happened. It was the dumbest funniest, childish uh, taglines from major publications, dying to talk about a penis, <laughs> dying to use a pun, dying just to fucking, they couldn't, it's like you're 12 years old and in middle school and you're playing the penis game. Well, it's comics, trying I mean, they expect us to be mature. Yeah. No. You are just, it's It's as if we're sitting in a classroom just seeing who could say penis the loudest. I would always win. I would always win because I didn't care if I got in trouble.
2: Oh, I, I, I totally see you winning that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because I was, I it would, the game would end as I would be shouting it to my teacher's face. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, Tom, it's over. Put the penis, damn you! <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyhow.
2: I don't know why I didn't see it coming, though. that uh, no, uh, or that, definitely, no pun intended. Is
0: that a penis uh, joke?
2: It, it definitely was not. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I regretted that one as it came out of my mouth. Yeah. Well, I oh. meant that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I didn't expect uh, all of this craze to happen about it. You know, I, I should have expected that people would be so immature about it, but I had that, mm-hmm. the copy you mentioned, that uh, the proof copy you know, the, that had no text or anything, I, I had that for a solid month before the issue came out, and I never even thought to mention the penis page and I I don't know why I overlooked the potential of the internet to be children about it.
0: Yeah. My, my shop owner, you know, whenever the preview was out, he was just like, Oh, I don't know. It's got twigs and berries in it. And I was like, what? (laughs) And and he's like, didn't you see? And I, I mean, I'll be honest. I just kind of flipped through it real quick whenever I was looking through it at first. And then, and then I saw what he's talking about, and I was, I was like, well, you know, that's why they say it's for a more mature content. And knowing, you know, a little bit more about Bermejo's background and...
1: Bermejo.
0: Bermejo, yeah. Bermeggio, <laughs> his background, you know, and his influence and, you know, his artistic style and the fact that he lives in Italy where, you know, every statue is nude and it's no big deal it's not a big deal and and this guy was just like i I just don't want to get arrested for selling this to a minor and i was just like oh my god (laughs) and then he even was saying um he was kind of pissed off at about the size of it you know how am i going to put this on the shelf it takes up the space of two comic books I guarantee you, he sold every copy, so I don't know what he's complaining about.
1: I have to put him behind the what do you call it now?
0: And
2: <laughs> really, the only reason anyone cares that there's a penis in it is because it was a Batman book. There, there, there is nudity in comics all the time. Probably well, once a week, I could find something on the new release shelf that has a penis in it, and whether it's an image book or in DC's own deathbed book that comes out under Vertigo. Yeah, there are I thought it was. All kinds of books that, that show penises, but nobody cares until it's Batman.
0: I just thought it was exactly. funny how these shop owners, and there were some shop owners that I saw on Twitter, you know, that they were pissed off and they were threatening not to, to buy and solicit other copies of it. And I was like, really? You're the same guys that are selling sex criminals and Walking Dead, and other books, and things like that. I bet they don't have any
2: problem getting (laughs) Jungle Fantasy for the people that have that on file. Yeah, yeah,
0: so, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, in Dark Knight 3, we saw Wonder Woman's breast, you know. (gasps) No one made a big deal about that. Well, it's because she was breastfeeding grabs. It had utility. Yeah. How dare you? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It was still, How dare you it was try still, to objectify her. It was still an iconic character's, you know, nudity. No one no one no one no one even batted an eye. No, I was put that
1: that's, thing what, away before it I was pokes waiting an for that
0: to blow up on Twitter, but it never happened. But I was like, okay, well, cool. But the fact that we yeah. got to see the badawang, you know, blew up the internet.
1: The giggle stick, the meat and two veg. <laughs> um well, the thing is, is the big thing that happened. Obviously, there was a big blow up on the international network neighborhood about uh, should this be in publication? Should it not be? One shop that I know of complained. Um, I don't. I don't really know if people were like saying like, "How dare you!" or whatever on the internet. I think it just was a fucking big deal. Um, and then DC decided to censor all the uh, digital copies and to. Originally, they were going to say the second editions were going to be censored. Now, okay, so they were going to say the original second edition was going to be censored. So that started a huge resell flipping market for that book. Um, people were selling the book for a hundred dollars. Actually, it was like fifty bucks to fifty to seventy dollars for each single issue. Um, I think the Jim Lee variant may be going for ten dollars more or so. Um, now, just recently, they announced that they are not going to print a second edition at all. Um, which makes the first edition of that book even more valuable, apparently. So now prices are getting ridiculous. Uh, We—I just looked in our kit convo and um, <clears throat> threw that in here. You um, about the one the legends, put in. legends put in a CGC slabbed nine point eight Batman damned signed. Oh, it's a yellow label. Okay, so it's it's that's why it's so much. So it's it's a double sigs of Azarello and Bermejo. Batman Dam 9.8, four hundred and sixty-five dollars. Oh, by the way, you gotta pay fifteen in shipping. <laughs> so four hundred and eighty bucks, guys. If you want a nine-point-eight CGC signature Batman Damn book,
2: that you can't even see the penis.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Damn That's it. Hilarious. <laughs> Uh, so it's just, it's crazy. And then I saw somebody else post, I've never seen so many dudes hard up for a cartoon dick before.
0: <laughs> well, what, no, um, what, what's also in that uh, release there about the, not releasing the, the second edition, they also moved back issue two to December. And there's, you know, speculation that there's probably some editing going on with, yeah, with issue two. yeah,
1: that's Because but, um, of Zatna? Yeah.
0: Which, which, if that's true, I think that's horse shit.
1: Sounds like they're going to make some boobs disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... Yes, um, that's a magic joke.
2: Uh, too bad boob is pronounced the same forwards and backwards. Uh, but uh, yeah, issue two is pushed back a month, and then issue three is now coming out two months later than originally scheduled
0: mm mm-hmm. nice yeah, I hope they're not making Lee
1: redraw stuff, yeah, I mean, and that's something that we talked about too, is like I wonder, um, you know, they released the first edition, which is how Bermejo and Lee intended it, and now there's all this backlash, and DC probably told them this is what I'm thinking, I wonder if if this happened. you know, they come to Bermejo and they come to Azurel and they are like, listen guys. We're going to have to edit the art in the first edition, so second edition is going to be edited out. Knowing Azarello and knowing Bermejo, their personalities, I got to imagine they were both like, fuck you. You put it out the way we want it or you don't put it out. And they were like, well, let's not fight you for it. We're not going to release any editions of the first issue then. And Bermejo and uh, Azarello were like, we're cool with that. I can see I can see Azarello doing that for sure. Because he's the type of dude that does not take shit from anybody. No. Yeah. And I mean, if that's true, that's sad to see, you know,
0: come down to this. I mean, you know, no one likes to, you know, be in that situation. Yeah.
1: But I like, I like to think that, you know, they stood up for their art. They stood up for what they, that's how they wanted it to be. That's how they intended the book to look. And someone saying that they're going to change it, they're like, fuck you. No. Mm-hmm. And so I st- if, if, it's, if it means that that's it, there's no more prints of that edition, I stand with that. I mean, you know, like you said, Robin, it is crazy for DC to not make money, though. Yeah. Off of a second edition, at least.
2: Yeah, it, it, it makes me curious why uh, they would turn down the opportunity to sell second print copies. There, there are so many people still looking for a copy of this book that they're paying through the nose for it on eBay. So obviously there would be some market for a second print for all the people who want a copy of Issue 1, but can't or won't pay the crazy online prices for it. And hmm. it, to, to a degree, uh, I, I know at the shop we will see fewer people purchase Issue 2 because they weren't able to get a copy of Issue 1. They'll just wait for a collected edition. So that's fewer people buying issues two and three. So a, a segment of the readership who will not purchase the series until it's uh, until it's collected, because they didn't get a chance to a second chance to purchase issue one.
1: Yeah, that's that's what made me think that maybe their hands were tied, mm-hmm. and as much as they would want to. You know, that's it's someone someone's telling them no. You can't do it. And I walk. Yeah, so. could be it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, in, in more comic news, probably the thing that's got me most excited from this week um, was the announcement from Sean Gordon Murphy, the official announcement and title for Batman White Knight Volume Two um batman white knight electric boogaloo i believe is what it's called <laughs> yeah, I,
2: I believe that's the working title <laughs> okay cool.
1: yeah if it's i, I thought it was going to be uh batman white knight Ernest goes hawaiian but
2: and and it, it i'm hearing that it may or may not star joaquin phoenix and ben affleck
1: oh my goodness um no. All joking aside, it's going to be called Batman, White Knight, Curse of the White Knight, right? Yes. And, or just uh, Batman, he...
2: Curse of the White Knight.
0: Gotcha. Yeah.
1: And then he uh he also uh tweeted out some artwork that uh and a synopsis that explained um some key players in the new volume. Robin, you wanna talk a little bit about that?
2: Uh yeah, well, we know uh that Joker's going to be uh, appearing again. Uh, he's in the promo work for it. Obviously, uh, the main addition to the universe from the first tease that we got is uh, featured very prominently is Asriel, which is, uh, I think, to everyone's surprise uh, that yeah. he would be the main featured character.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I'm i a big fan of uh, Azriel um, more so from like the nineties because he was basically fucking Batman for how long was that? Like over a year.
2: Yeah. Least, yeah. Right? for Yeah. For around a year. Cause it was fairly early in, in nightfall that, uh, uh, Batman was taken out by Bane and then asked, uh, for Jean-Paul Valley to take over as Batman while he was on the mend.
1: Yeah, so, um, so at the time, I mean, nowadays, you got fucking anyone putting on the Batsuit and jump. You got fucking Alfred putting on the Batsuit and jumping in the Batmobile and going out and beating some ass. Um, but back then in the 90s, it was like pretty much unheard of for someone to be Batman for like longer than a month for, like, two issues, let alone an entire fucking year. The way I see it, like, it's the comic version of the Hulk Hogan reign of being the world champion all through the 80s, and then he gets beat by the Ultimate Warrior, and, like, grown men fucking cried. So, uh, that character, to me at least, when I was a kid, I remember it being a huge deal. Um, I fucking loved the gauntlet, the suit... I loved his whole look, just fucking badass. I, I love, I love Azrael. Jump over, he's beating the shit out of people. Dude, he was ruthless. Fucking ruthless. Like literally, he would say, like, no, Batman's too weak. He's not killing people. Like he needs, he need these these people need to pay the ultimate sacrifice for their sins. And he's just beating the fuck out of people. And little Tim Drake is like pissed in his pants, being like, I need to fucking stop this guy, but I can't.
2: Yeah, and my favorite thing about. Uh, that his time as Batman was that descent he went down he he started off you know wearing wearing the bat suit and being you know almost what Bruce wanted him to to be but then he spiraled and he started uh, very very quickly started uh, adjusting the suit you know giving himself the the big claw gauntlets and then turning it more and more into uh, into yeah. crazy armor and getting uh more and more uh, violent and extreme.
1: Yeah. That uh, that suit was badass because originally the uh, Azrael suit was like a red and gold. And then when he became Batman, he integrated his look and it became a, a dark blue and gold with like the Azrael Batsuit look. That that figure, that DC collectibles, or the, I'm sorry, the DC Mattel figure, the DC Universe figure of the of the blue suit, Azrael Batman, is still hard to get. It's still like yeah. in the... Sixty dollars and above, uh, price range, which is a little, little much for a uh, six-inch figure to pay for. But uh, it's that it's that it's, it's still wanted that much. But um, what's cool is that we've had Ezreal kind of pop in and out of the books. Um, he's kind of played a supporting character, and in the, I think it was uh, Batman Eternal, or maybe it was the one that Tintin wrote. Um, he brought him in, and then he kept writing him in Detective. Um, but it wasn't he wasn't ever like too prominent of a, of a character and he had a man bun, so people didn't really like it. <laughs> um, he had a ponytail I think in the 90s, but you know they had to redo it for uh, current times um anyhow, the best part about this is Sean Gordon Murphy has decided to redo the character and kind of put him in the murphy verse yeah. um and just the, the look of the artwork that he's put out for it makes him look fucking badass dude. So I'm pumped about it. I'm I'm excited to see what Murphy does with him. He says he's going to reinvent him a little bit. So um, it'll be exciting to see what kind of uh, Jean-Paul Valley we get, what kind of uh, Azrael we get. Was he Batman in this universe at one point? Is he going to kind of redo that series or maybe redo his version of, uh, of uh, Azrael becoming Batman? I don't know, man. So... It's, uh, it's something I'm looking forward to. And uh, um, Sean
2: did also say that uh, someone else would be making uh, a cameo appearance in the series.
1: Oh, shit. <gasps> oh, shit. And, did he mention uh, any hints?
2: Uh, no. Uh, okay. But if, if anyone remembers listening to Sean's appearance on our show uh, as White Knight Volume 1 wrapped up, uh, he did uh, definitely mention, definitely mentioned
1: Red Hood. That's right, and I saw him tweet about that today too. Yeah. He said, "Don't worry, I got plans for him."
0: Well, I just, I just hope that he draws a, a bigger Batwing than, than Bermejo, and then we get the Dick War started.
1: Yeah, isn't it funny that Gramps actually, Gramps DM'd him a request to draw a bigger yeah. bat on Batman. <laughs> I wonder if Gam Gam knows about that one. I was
0: hoping, I was hoping one of you guys on the Bermejo, uh interview had asked him. Oh, I see you used Grayson.
1: <laughs>
0: but no, he
1: uh, he was uh, not excited to talk about that topic. No, no, because he, <laughs> right, he
0: he was tired of it
1: already. You could just tell. And it's funny because I think that we were probably the first like. Uh, we were the first people to talk to him about it because he said, I'm only going to talk about this once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, if you want to hear.
2: Last time he addressed it.
1: If you want to hear Libra Mejo talk about the Batcock controversy, I think the only place you can hear him do it is with us. Mm-hmm. So it makes me proud. I know that I'm going to send that <laughs> episode right over to my mom. <laughs> you can put it on the fridge. Mama, I made it. <laughs> but, um, God damn, man. We covered a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, and anything else? Oh, Birds of Prey shit. Oh yeah, yeah, there's definitely that. They just casted the Birds of Prey. The the, the Huntress is going to be played by Miranda Flowers from Scott Pilgrim. Uh, uh, I, saves... I, I
2: believe you mean Ramona Flowers, but
1: we'll let that what go. What did I say, Miranda? Yeah. I was thinking about, who's Miranda that's, Tate? That's, Why do I have that that's, name that's in my head? That's just
2: her sister. That's Miranda Flowers is Ramona's sister. That was just not often talked
1: about. Got it. <laughs> Ramona Flowers. Sorry about that. You know how many fucking girls are gonna fucking tweet at me right now? <laughs> Fuck you. Yep. Fucking die.
2: I, well, I think the thing the kids say now is "don't at me." So,
1: so. don't at me. Ramona Flowers is my aesthetic. <laughs> this ain't it, Chief. Um, so she was cast as Huntress. I think I don't haven't heard much. I think people are okay. They like her. They like that character from. Scott Pilgrim, um, she's very beautiful, so I think uh, no complaints there. And then there's been uh, a big hoopla over who got cast as um, Black Canary. And uh, I don't know, let me see, Black Canary casting...
0: Jernay, Smollett, Bell. Okay, J- so she's,
1: she is... She's been a child actor for a long time. Um... I remember seeing her either in a movie or a show as, like, a little girl. And it was a comedy. I don't know. Anyway, Journey, yeah, Junae Smollett-Bell. Um, she's grown up to be super hot, in my opinion. Um, gorgeous. Uh, but people are pissed off because she's not comic accurate. So, meaning she's not white. Yeah. Um, however you want to slice it, that's what they mean. She's not a white actress playing a white character. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, you know, they're big Black Canary fans. They want uh, characters to accurately portray what they know, which I guess it's well and good. But you know, there's no, there's nothing to say that Black Canary can't be played by. It's for me, dude. You put the blonde wig on her. That's it. Well, I, I don't need anything you know, else.
0: I, I've never. I think I said this even before when we talked about um, Michael Keaton and and Batman. Um, horrible
1: choice, by the well, way. Well, the <laughs> point
0: is, the movies don't always have to be exactly like the comic. And, exactly. and directors and producers and actors, they want to have the freedom to put their own, you know, spin on it. And they're never going to do it exactly like what the comic is. I mean, even Zack Snyder took some liberties, even though he probably developed some stories and plot lines that were more comic-based than others. But... Um, he killed Jimmy Olsen. He well yeah, exactly. But killed him dead. I don't have a problem with it being, you know, a little bit different. As long as the acting is good and the the plot is good and it makes for a good movie, who cares? I don't want to get trapped into one of these stupid comics gate arguments yeah. like what these fucking toxic fans get into.
1: Uh, yeah. Fuck all yeah, it's... Uh, if she does a good job
0: I, and the movie's good,
1: it's good. I think people um, need to understand that uh, as long as it's better than the Arrowverse Black Canary <laughs> and more accurate than that...
2: Well, they've already fucking had at least three that I know of.
1: <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. People are just so like devastated by those portrayals that they're just like, can we just get something that's that makes sense? But... Um, maybe it's because I don't give a shit about this movie because my (laughs) expectations are so low. And, uh, they're putting Harley Quinn in a Birds of Prey movie that I'm kind of like, meh. I mean, they're already taking liberties with it. This isn't fucking that crazy. So I think, I think it's a bigger deal and it's more outside of a character like Harley Quinn to lead the Birds of Prey, if that's what's happening, more so than it is to cast the black actors playing Black Canary.
0: Now, Margot Robbie, Robbie, whatever her name
1: is, robots. Margot robots.
0: Oh, <laughs> robots. Is she producing this movie or directing? Yeah. Oh, she's producing she's, it and starring in it.
1: She's got yeah. a starring, producing. Yeah. Um. So she has. She's had some say, probably along the lines of casting and talking to people who are going to be a part of it. You know, she's putting money behind it, so she's got some say. Um, But, dude, I mean, I I think and I think we can all agree that uh, as much as you disliked or liked uh, Suicide Squad, you can't deny that Margot Robbie was one of the best parts of it. I think some of us can agree on that. Um, Yeah,
2: definitely. Uh, I think she was, mm, can't say universally liked but i think you know the vast majority of people were uh, would say yeah, that she if, was you know probably the the bright spot of the movie
1: you could hate her look but to me like she nailed acting as harley quinn exactly so it was she had everything down you know the behavior mannerisms voice everything um so yeah i mean it is what it is uh it's not the craziest casting news. So, you know. But uh, anything else that we're not covering? Humming, humming,
2: Well, we did uh, already do a review episode about it on the last stack episode, but if you haven't picked up Heroes in Crisis yet, Jesus Christ.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Go pick that up.
1: Cheese and rice. Mm-hmm. Cheese and rice. I don't, haven't hey, uh, don't seen. Censor
2: my second print, okay?
1: <laughs> I haven't seen too much, but I, I mean, I didn't like personally go in and click and find it. But I heard that Tom King's getting beat up about that first. Uh, is it just because of who he killed off? Is that why?
2: I don't. Know. I try I mean, not is... to listen to what people are saying anymore.
1: Yeah, and yeah, no, no, nothing, because... nothing
2: can come out without people complaining about it.
1: Exactly, yeah, and especially if you're killing characters, you know, someone's going to bitch about it because it's their favorite or they didn't get a chance or this or that, so. And
2: and if if you're just going to keep going on on the internet about how you don't like Tom King's writing, stop fucking reading it and just leave uh, us all alone.
1: Yeah, just, you know, learn how to ride a horse and live in the mountains. There you go. Leave everybody alone. Don't
2: bother anyone. You know, this, this, um, this guy keeps winning Eisners, but I'm going to tell him how he should be writing.
1: <laughs> All you're going to do is give uh, is going to give bodyguard Dave uh, more <laughs> business. Yeah, with getting to follow him around at cons, so you're just keeping him employed. Hope you guys know that. And
2: <laughs> and and good. He he's a great guy.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right, I think that's pretty good, guys. I think we nailed it, but I think we do have a question that Robin needs to ask everybody.
2: I'm not going to even beat around the bush tonight, fuck it, this is you know, a little, sort of a bonus episode we're doing, so I'm just going to get right to it, where the fuck is the Trunkler?
1: Exactly. Where is the Trunkler? I mean, you'll pretty much find him peppered in the last couple episodes, here and there. It's almost like a, like a connecting cover of a comic, you've got to collect them all to yeah, get uh, the final image.
2: I, I might have to start amending the question from where the fuck is the Trunkler, what is the Trunkler?
1: <laughs> Keep making it more existential. Nah. Are, not,
2: are not, are not we all the trunkler?
1: <laughs> I trunk before I, think I am, or not? Oh, trunk. I was about to say that.
2: <laughs> we we all do a Spartacus thing. I'm the trunkler.
1: Trunkler is. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, you heard it. That's it. Uh, we'll catch you on the flippity flip. We got some more episodes coming make sure to go back and check out all the previous interviews we did with all those amazing artists and writers. Um, we got some new iTunes reviews up that I saw yesterday. Oh, Are they holding um, them? No. They're, uh, someone said that Grandpa Batman is their favorite voice on the, yeah. on the uh, podcast. <laughs> Damn it, Cam I'm not Cam. sure who that was. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, I, I, actually, uh,
2: maybe they have an alibi because they didn't have
1: internet. Thanks, Mom. Mm, Here you go. <laughs> But uh, leave us a review. Rate rate us uh, five stars if you would. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, the more you do that, the more spins we get. The more our name gets out there, the more we're able to wrangle in crazy guests. Like we haven't wrangled in some of the big ones anyway. But um, you know, we're still holding out. Uh, number one on my wish list <laughs> gotta be dead to deal honestly I just kinda of want him to be able to come on the show and talk about all the, all the great comic books that he has and
2: um, do us a favor uh, everybody uh, get out there and at Jeff Johns and tell him to get his ass on that board oh back my birthday. god so. yeah tell
0: these amazing. people to get on talk to us that's
1: probably the best way to, to yeah. get them actually yeah if you see them at conventions if you see them on the street uh, in restrooms having dinner <laughs> with their families <laughs> in church uh and any of those places, just <laughs> tap them on the shoulder. Uh, just tell them, please come on Bad Force Radio. We want to hear your story. Um, <laughs> or all that or good stuff.
2: Just, just go up like Hail Hydra style and just whisper.
1: Bad Force Radio. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, laters on the Minj.